0: Mindfulness Mode, 75. Being wrong isn't so bad because you know that in the aggregate, you're going to be right.
1: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, do you want to share mindfulness with your children? It can be so much fun for both of you. I have a free ebook I've written called 21 Ways to Practice Mindfulness with Your Child Every Day for 7 Minutes. Download it at mindfulnessmode.com slash 21 ways. Enter your name and email and you'll have it in no time. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash 21 ways. You're listening to Mindfulness Weekends with Bruce. And this weekend, we're talking about decision-making. And decision-making and mindfulness really go together. And that's because sometimes I think we actually think too hard. We try so hard to make a decision, make the right decision, and we put so much effort into it. And we get, we get really sometimes all uh, tense, With all the thoughts surrounding the decision, which when in fact I think for the brain to really work well, we need to be more relaxed and maybe go out for a run or get some exercise, go for a swim, something like that. You know, yeah, think about everything that's involved with the decision, but sometimes just give your body a chance to kind of relax and then maybe that decision will come more naturally. Well today I'm going to be talking with Greg Clunas and Greg is just he's so intelligent and he's got a lot of insight into so many things. Greg was featured in episode 55 and we talked about decision making then a bit as well and so I've decided to invite him back on to just chat about this whole topic and now he's moved in to the idea of decision making even more he's very intense about his thoughts when it comes to decision making and you know i was always encouraged to make a decision and not look back you know that whole idea that once you've made the decision just go with it just believe it's the right decision move forward and i really still believe that's a good philosophy, a good a good way to think about decision making. In today's show, we're going to be talking about an actual method, an actual process that you can think about the specific steps and it will make decision making easier, I think, and it will make more sense of decision making. And we talk about a few quotes and And I think you'll really value what Greg has to say about decision-making. So sit back, enjoy, and uh, relax the episode, and have a great weekend. So today I'm here with Greg Clunas, and this is awesome because we're just going to talk about decisions and mindfulness. And Greg is really zeroing in on decisions with his new show on Greg TV. And so, Greg, what's your initial thought about decisions and mindfulness? How do you think they work together? You know, Bruce, it's
0: really interesting because as I've produced my my podcast and as I've consumed content and and been sort of active in this personal development space, I've come to realize that really the main thing that stops people from getting where they want to be or at least getting to a better position is is the day to day decisions that they make. And so the link between decision making and mindfulness is this when we are mindful, we actually make decisions. And when we're not mindful, when we're not conscious, we just sort of perform out of habit. We go through our routines. So to put that into context, let's say you work 40 hours per week, standard office job, and your routine is to get home, make dinner, sit down and watch TV, spend some time with your loved ones, and go to bed. You can very easily go through that same routine every single day for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, yeah. Very easily. <laughs> for very sure.
0: easily, and the time will fly. However... When you interrupt that routine and you make a conscious decision, a mindful decision, all of a sudden you're doing something different. And all it takes to make a change in your life is to do something different. Right. So so that's where I think that link comes together.
1: And the cool thing is that you can make a decision to create a habit process that will give you the outcome you're looking for, right? That's the cool thing.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's actually something I've talked about in a few episodes on my podcast is this idea that we, are, we have the, the ability to create routines and habits and that in itself is not inherently bad or good. It's how we utilize it, how we relate that back to where we want to end up. So if we know that summer is coming and we want to be in the best shape of our life to go to the beach, then we can start today and create routines and habits around the practices related to achieving that goal. But in order to make those habits, we have to make that first initial decision to go to the gym or that decision not to eat the donut or that decision to eat a salad for lunch. And once we start that process, we make that first conscious decision and then the second one the next day and then the third one the next day. Eventually, that becomes the routine that you follow and you're almost on autopilot to achieve whatever goal it is you're trying to achieve or at least get
1: close to it. I think that's so true. And you know what always astounds me is the number of people I talk to and the number of people I meet who feel as though they do not have any control over their world, over their environment. And and I think re- like this person really honestly believes that and yet really the total opposite is true.
0: Yeah, I find that really fascinating because – and I mean we've both been in that, that situation. Am I right? We've yeah. both – seen that exact point of view where you are just sort of stuck in this this world that you've created and it seems like you can't break out of that and 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 that seems like such an impossible goal but really as you said we are in complete control of it we can change something we can make a shift we can slowly work towards the different things so I find it really fascinating and I think what it comes down to and, and I want to make this clear. This is just me sort of hypothesizing. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is that because we are such routine driven creatures, because the whole point of or the whole reason for our existence, the whole reason that we survived the hundred million years or however long that we were not at the level of sophistication that we are now right. was because we were able to create routines and program ourselves. That puts us in a situation where once we have a routine, it becomes very difficult to think outside of that. And, and this is where that phrase think outside the box comes from. It's not necessarily about being creative. It's about looking at the constraints that are on your life that you've placed sure. on your life and being able to look outside of that, what's possible outside of that. Um, and, and that's a really hard thing to do. That's not something that seems easy on the surface, It's only once you sort of start diving into it that you realize, well, hey, I had control over this all along.
1: Yeah, I think it's more understandable that kids feel they have no control over their circumstances because a lot of times there are others making decisions for them. But then as they become teenagers and then adults, then I think – A lot of kids are looking to the adults in their lives. And if the adults in their lives feel that they have no control, then of course, it's only natural that the the teens will grow up thinking they have no control, right? You know, it only makes sense. You know, I'm interested in what Stephen Covey says, and he's got this quote. And to me, it makes perfect sense. I am not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions, and that's yeah. really what we're talking about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that totally, totally resonates with me. And uh, I want to jump back really yeah. quickly because I think what you said was really interesting. It is. It makes a lot more sense that that kids would feel that they have less control over their life, yeah. and we we have all of these constraints as kids. Our parents set the rules and and we sort of have to fall into place in order to live by their standards. And and that in many cases is a great thing. However, what then happens, you know, as we move into our teenage years and our adult years is we fall into other systems. You know, as, as a kid, we had the systems that our parents created. Then in high school, we had the systems that the school created. And then in college, we had those systems. And then finally we land in a job and we have those systems. Um, And, we have essentially built this world where, in many cases, no one is ever outside of a system that that they operate within. Even people who travel the world and work for themselves and start a company and all of those things have a system that's built around it. So that is a really interesting thought to me because, as humans, it's almost like we need to exist within a system In order to thrive and and that system can be loose or it can be very tight, but our decisions come down to what is allowed within that system we've created.
1: Yes. And, you know, and and the question could be, how do we make better decisions? And sometimes I think, you know, geez, I made a decision yesterday and that wasn't a very good one. I Uh want to do better today. Here's a quote. Mindfulness creates an awareness of feelings which lead to clarity and better decision-making. And so, you know, to make better decisions, you know, if, like you said earlier in our conversation, Greg, if we're mindful and we're aware of our feelings, then we'll have more clarity and be able to make better decisions. And this is Professor Felicia huppert who said this and i That's think fantastic yeah it's very concise isn't it mindfulness creates an awareness of feelings which leads to clarity and better decision making so yeah if we can be more mindful and that includes meditation which you talked about on greg tv and it's it's interesting isn't it that as human beings meditation is what ultimately helps us clear our minds and then make better decisions.
0: Yeah, and and first off I want to thank you Bruce for being willing to jump in on episode 1 of Greg TV so last minute. Um that was massive help so so I highly suggest anyone here listen to the wisdom that Bruce was willing to provide. I really like that quote and it it's actually very related to uh this concept or this this theory that I'm working on that's sort of becoming the basis of my research is that there's there's a few things so the decisions or let me let me start from the top the position that we we are in life where we are in our lives are a direct result of the decisions we make and this sort of jumps back to that first quote yes. that you mentioned right. um the decisions we make however are a direct result of where we focus and this is sort of where this second quote jumps in is is where we are mindful, the areas of our life that we choose to be conscious and where we choose to be mindful of, of the things that we do, whether our goal is to get, get six-pack abs, well, now we're going to be more mindful of our physical fitness and our nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if our goal is to get out of debt, we're going to be much more mindful of our finances and our spending choices. Um, so the areas that we choose to be conscious affect the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis, And then if you push that back just another step, I believe that the areas we choose to be conscious is related back to the questions that we ask ourselves on a day-to-day basis, both consciously and subconsciously. Because if we, let's say, let's use that six-pack ab focus, if we want to have six-pack abs, whether on a conscious or subconscious level, we are asking ourselves the question, how can I change my physical fitness? Um if we want to get out of debt, whether on a, a conscious or subconscious level, we're asking ourselves, how can I improve my financial situation? And and so the questions we ask ourselves lead to the areas that we focus on, which are the areas we're mindful of, which then lead to the decisions we make. And so my theory, this is something I'm speaking to a lot of people to sort of verify based on their own life experiences, is that if we can sort of interrupt that first step, that first stage of the questions we ask ourselves, both on a conscious and unconscious level, Mm -hmm. then we can ultimately affect the decisions we make day to day. Because if the question we're asking ourselves is no longer, how can I go home and, and essentially veg out for the rest of the night? Or how can I relax? Or how can I escape? And it shifts from those types of questions to... How can I move the needle financially? How can I improve my relationship? How can I uh, improve my career? How can I impress my boss? If, if those become the questions, then that's going to affect the areas of our life that we focus on, which then affect the day-to-day decisions that we make.
1: Right. So we need to interrupt our decision-making process, stop it right in its tracks, and then think differently about that decision. So if I'm driving down the street and I think, oh, I'm hungry, I think I'll go through a drive-through, then I need to stop right there and think, okay, does this is this in alignment with the financial choices that I really want to make? Or is this in alignment with the health choices I really want to make? Does that make sense? Yeah, that
0: makes perfect sense. And I would even argue that um, and, and again, this is something I'm trying to verify myself, uh, but I would even argue that it, the framework for this, the framework that people can actually apply to their life is simply just to focus on that first stage, the question that, that you ask yourself. So in that same scenario, if you're driving down the road and you realize you're hungry, the main question you may jump to is, where can I get food? However, the, the better question is related back to your focus. So if you're focused on your health, the, the better question would be, what is the best type of nutrition that I can consume right now? And it may not be that formal, but that type of question of of bringing the nutrition factor into into the that process. Or if it's the finances, then the question may be something along the lines of, what can I make when I get home? And so I think if we can interrupt those questions and, and the framing of the situations we find ourselves in, then ultimately we can be more mindful and make better decisions day to day, which then ultimately, as you and I both know, leads to where we'll be in one, five, 10 and 20 years.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I want to talk with you, Greg, about four things when I when I went online. I Googled this whole topic, decision-making and mindfulness and quotes and things like that. And I found this thing and I want to get your feedback on it. It says, make, to make better decisions, use the RAP process. Have you heard of this before? No, I haven't actually. I hadn't heard of it either. And so the RAP process, W-R-A-P. And so the W is this, widen your options. The R is Reality. Test your assumptions. Reality test your assumptions. The A is attain distance before deciding. And the P is prepare to be wrong. So the first one, widen your options. So when you're about to make a decision, widen your options. Does that make sense to you, Greg?
0: Yeah, and this actually fits in perfectly with something that I – am a major fan of uh, and it's this idea of perspective when you are able to widen your perspective of the world when you're able to widen your perspective of the information that you're consuming you ultimately make better decisions on it as opposed to acting on incorrect information or the information that you already believe Um, and and so I think it's important to purposefully introduce yourself to information that may prove you wrong or may hurt your feelings or may put you in a situation where you feel uncomfortable. Because by having that wider perspective, you're allowing yourself to make smarter decisions.
1: Right, right widen your options. And the second one is our reality test your assumptions. Because I think a lot of times we do assume things, even if it's sort of subconsciously, we assume, oh, my gosh, you know, this terrible thing is coming down. And I, you know, I'm stressed out. And if I don't deal with this, it's going to be, well, really, what, what is going to happen if I don't make the right decision? You know, am I going to die? because of this decision well maybe i am or maybe i'm not but reality test your assumptions do you think that's a good thing to think about as the second step of your decision making
0: absolutely i think that any decision that you're considering that you're not Mm -hmm. willing to actually look at what the results of those decisions will be Mm -hmm. you should not make that decision i think that far too many i mean this goes back to to the idea of making decisions unconsciously and just sort of going through your routine if you are not willing to see what the result of that decision is you should not act on it until you are able to get to that point where you can consciously say this is the decision i want to make what does that look like in the real world and what effect will that have on my life what effect will that have on uh, the people
1: around me, et cetera, et cetera. So you think it's better to put off the decision in that case?
0: I would say that it's better to not put off the decision, but if you are considering something and you aren't willing to test it and see what the result will actually look like, mm-hmm. you should look for a different decision. You should make a different decision. and And that doesn't necessarily mean... Push it off and, and never actually go through with it. Uh, it just means choose something else right now.
1: Ah. Well, the third thing is A, which is attain distance before deciding. So kind of step back and look at the big picture. Is that how you would, how you would take that?
0: Yeah, I interpret that as uh, removing sort of that emotional connection. That's Um, not easy to do, is it, sometimes? No, not at all. (laughs) Um, I mean, I look at, just sort of from my own life, this decision to start the YouTube show, and this is a fairly inconsequential decision. Originally, I wanted to start a daily vlog, and it was going to be very similar to how, uh, I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with Casey Neistat or Casey Neistat, Uh, but very similar to how he creates his content. And it's a very produced theatrical uh, sort of approach to creating content online. And I was very emotionally attached to being that person um, until I sort of stepped away from that and and realized that I did not have the time or Mm. the equipment or the ability to produce that. And I I, essentially, I can't be Casey Neistat. And so by sort of removing myself from the initial emotional attachment to this idea that I thought was so cool, I was able to sort of step back and find a formula that actually works for me and makes sense for who I am and what I'm capable of and and where I currently am in my life. Um, and, And so many times this happens, whether it be the decision to start a business or go to the gym or quit your job or propose to your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever decision you're facing there's going to be that initial emotional reaction and if you can just step back a tiny bit just to get a little bit of a wider perspective and this Mm -hmm. actually kind of ties back into w widen your options Mm -hmm. if you can get just a tiny bit of a larger perspective you'll be able to make a much better decision that's actually based on the reality that you currently live
1: yeah i I totally agree with that yeah i think i think that's a thing that sometimes i miss that that attain distance because yeah emotion is powerful and you know it it just is such a strong influencer and it's hard to step back even though you think you're trying to right
0: yeah and this is actually one of the things that meditation helps with this is one of the main points of meditation is being able to step back and observe your thoughts and observe yourself and your emotions and your decisions. And so by making this practice a part of your life, when you get to these decision points where initially you may have an emotional reaction, that practice of meditation can allow you to just take a step back and observe what that emotional reaction is and whether or not that's an actual valid emotion or whether or not you're just attached to this idea. And and so you're reacting to it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, this fourth one, this is the one that as soon as I read these, this popped up in my mind. And I thought, geez, I don't know about this. But I want to know what you think, Greg. It's P and it's prepare to be wrong. What do you think about that? One? I love it. Do I love you? it.
0: 100%. Any good scientist and I only know this because I'm a massive nerd and all I ever do is read <laughs> science stuff. Uh, any good scientist wants to be wrong. Their entire job is to create hypotheses and look for every possible reason why that it's wrong.
1: Oh, man, I'm not a good scientist, Greg. I do, I do <laughs> not want to be wrong. I want to be right. And Here's so when I read this, I thought, no, just a second. When I make a decision, I don't want to look back. You know that expression, right. just make your decision and don't look back?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And here's the thing. I hate being wrong as well. One of my biggest weaknesses that I personally have had to put a lot of effort into working on is taking constructive feedback that is inherently negative. That's hard. Um, So when it's negative feedback that is not hurtful in any any way, the person Mm -hmm. is actually trying to be helpful, there is that initial emotional reaction of, not wanting to be wrong, wanting to make sure that you're you are enough and and knowing that you've put so much time and energy into this that you don't really want to hear those things in, in, initially, yeah, however, the thing with being proven wrong is that it goes back to reality testing we can't make actual decisions unless we're willing to live in reality we right. cannot make decisions based on the fantasy land that we build for ourselves because that's when things don't work. That's when if we start a business and we're so excited about the idea but we have no actual proof that people want to pay for it, we're going to lose money unless we're willing to actually test it and see whether or not we're wrong. And if we're wrong and people don't want to pay for it, you have to be willing to get out. Otherwise, essentially you have two choices. You have to either be willing to get out or you have to be willing to lose money.
1: Yeah, right. You're right. And that's when you need to get Pat Flynn's new book, Will It Fly? Because yeah. that's that's what that's all about. Have you read about. that? I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I think it's an awesome book. I have been involved in the launch and read parts of it. And I know Pat Flynn is absolutely outstanding. He oh, yeah. has the greatest, greatest way of guiding people and helping people. And so that book is absolutely awesome. I can't wait to read the entire thing so i'll put that in our show notes but yeah i i guess you're right you do have to prepare to be wrong uh should it is it important enough to have in the top four things that you think about when you make a decision
0: i think it is because of that initial reaction that uh you and i both have in that we don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to be wrong. Right. But inevitably, when you are making decisions and consciously making decisions, it's going to happen. Yes. And that's actually part of the reason that we don't do that. Why we aren't mindful about our decisions. Because right. when you have to think about it. There is that emotional attachment and there is that possibility that you're going to be wrong and you're going to feel bad.
1: And isn't that why we delay a lot of decisions because we're afraid we're going to be wrong? And so then we let it let it cause anxiety and mm-hmm. we put it off. We procrastinate and like I don't want to make that decision because I just – I'm afraid I might make the wrong decision. So what's the fine line? How do I jump in, make the decision but – just you know make it without taking too much time
0: i think for me it's always been i wouldn't even say be prepared to be wrong i would say be ready to be wrong and then make decisions based off of that so every decision is another opportunity to gather data and i'm a big fan of thinking of human beings as essentially extremely advanced computers which there's arguments that, that that's not the case and and i agree with that but it makes it simpler in my mind to, to think of us as machines that make can make logical and emotional decisions and so I
1: agree with you so much i just interviewed a scientist yesterday alex hofeld and uh-huh. that really helped me with that yeah think of think of People as robots with the computer brain attached to the top. Yeah, yeah. I agree, Greg.
0: It, it makes it makes it much easier for me to understand what's going on when we know that we need to go to the gym or we know that we should eat a salad, but we still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so for me, it's in order to really jump in and make a decision quickly without spending too much time on it, Using this this RAP framework, I would say that it's about being ready to be wrong, but then taking it a step further and being ready to deploy the new data you've gathered from being wrong on making your decision right. Right. So if, you're, if your goal is just to win overall and you stop caring about the individual battles, and this is where that, I, I can't remember the quote, you may have won the battle, but I'll win the war or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, This is where that becomes relevant because if your goal is to win the big thing, your goal is to start the business and be successful. Your goal is to lose weight and gain a six pack. Your goal is to find the love of your life and get married and be a successful couple. Whatever your goal is, if you are purely focused on winning that piece, that you can forget about the individual losses that needed to happen to get there because you needed to be able to gather that data to then make decisions going forward, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden being wrong isn't so bad because you know that in the aggregate you're going to be right. In the aggregate you're going to win because if I'm wrong about this YouTube show and everybody hates it, I'm still gaining valuable data that I can deploy against the next thing. True, And then the next thing after that and the next thing after that And the perfect example is my podcast. This is the fourth podcast that I've personally hosted. The other three were terrible, but I took that data and I deployed it against every new podcast. Right, And now this show is doing extremely well.
1: Yeah, Greg, that reminds me so much of writing computer programs back when I studied computer science. And, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about decisions. You know, the computer decides, is it this or is it that? And if it's that, then I move to this. And it's binary. that's just how it all works. Yeah, that is.
0: It's. it's I was actually watching um, last night. Uh, there's this USA series called uh, Mr. Robot. Okay. Um, that is fascinating i don't know if it was uh, renewed for a second season or not but it's fascinating and it follows this guy elliot who is a computer hacker and a a security specialist Mm -hmm. um and there's a conversation in one of the episodes where elliot and another character discuss human beings and our decisions and what it essentially boiled down to is that everything is binary to some degree there are some shades of gray in the middle but at its core, everything boils down to a one or a zero, a yes or a no. And the things that add sort of that, those shades of gray in between are the emotions. Yes. That's the thing that ties in and makes the one or the zero harder or the yes or the no harder to, to commit to. Um, And so all of a sudden decision-making becomes – When you think about it that way, it becomes this process of balancing the logic, which is the one or the zero, the yes or the no, Mm -hmm. with the emotion, which is the shades of gray in between, and picking the best option based on both.
1: That's that's a great way you've put that. You know, that's really powerful. And, you know, interestingly, though, when I've met people that seem to be black and white and they didn't exhibit the emotion, I didn't feel like – I resonated with them very much. How about you?
0: No, we can't. Humans are emotional creatures, much more so than we are logic. The part of our brain that handles logic and reason, or rather the part of our brain that handles emotions, is much more deeply rooted than the part of our brain that handles logic and reason. Okay. The ability to make decisions and and choices that are based not just on whether or not we survive, but also based on what is most beneficial is a fairly new ability that we didn't really gain until the brain evolved and and we gained the prefrontal cortex. Uh, Prior to that, all we had was the lizard brain, which is purely involved with that instinctual reaction. It's the thing that says, this is dangerous, we need to run, or this is hot, we should stop touching it. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to add logic and so, sort of in, in a more advanced layer to that came later. And so we're much more emotional and reactive than we are logical. And And as a result of that, when we do see somebody that is able to operate purely on one or zero or yes or no, black mm-hmm. or white, you can't really connect with them as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you can't. <laughs> We need that emotional piece. That is what we connect to. That is what makes – that is the the fundamental piece of every mammal and every every species that connects us all. It's that part of the brain that handles the instinctual and the
1: emotional. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, Greg, I'm going to use the logic part of my brain right now and say – Geez, I think we're just about out of time, but it's been great talking about this. And, you know, in the future, when I make decisions, I'm going to think about that RAP acronym widen your options, reality test your assumptions, attain distance before deciding, and prepare to be wrong or be ready to be wrong, as you said. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, it's awesome talking with you, Greg, about all this. It really is. And good luck with your show on Greg TV. It's G R E G G tv everybody check it out on youtube so anyway you take care have a great weekend and all the best to you greg you as well yeah bye now thank you so much for joining us today on mindfulness mode for insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode check out mindfulnessmode.com. if you've enjoyed this podcast you could help us out by clicking on the itunes link on our website and leave a rating and review Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.